James 4. Let's stand together. We're going to look at some verses tonight and ask that the Lord would just... My prayer is, is that the Lord will make this as real to you as he made it to me, and that you will realize what I realized. <laughs> and if you realize, I believe what I realized, and we'll do something with what we see tonight, it's going to change our lives forever. Now, I believe there's a lot of folks here that's already doing it, but I believe there's a lot that's not. And I believe there's a lot of folks who have done it in the past, but you hadn't done it lately. And tonight, the Lord just wants to remind us, amen? Just wants to remind us. James 4, verse number 1. The Bible says, from whence comes wars? Notice the progression or the degression, however you want to say it. From whence comes wars and fightings among you? It's a question. Come they not hence, even of your lust, that war in your members? Question. Look at this digression, this, this fall. You lust and have not. Next step down. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Next step down. You fight in war, yet you have not. Look at these next four words. Because you what? You ask not. You have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Let's stop reading there. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the truth that is in this book. And Lord, it just simply amazes me how you can take verses all over this Bible, put them all in one clump to speak to our hearts. And I pray, dear Heavenly Father, for the next few minutes of time that you would Help me to be able to share this message the way that it so convicted me today and reminded me of your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I pray that everyone here tonight would not leave this building discouraged, but I pray that every single one will leave this building tonight encouraged and excited with a vision and with a plan and with a purpose, and with a goal, excited to see, God, what you're going to do, not just in my life, but in the lives of all of your children, because you're no respecter of persons, and we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much. As I was praying today, there was a thought that came to my mind, and it was this, real simple, specific prayer, a specific prayer. When I began to study this thought, the Lord took me back 
Like I said to the last several messages that I preached here in this church, what is a specific prayer? A specific prayer, if you look up the definition, it just means clearly, don't miss this, clearly defined. It's, it's very clear. It's, it's clearly defined, but it goes on and it means precise. It means clear in making statements. If you and I are going to pray a specific prayer, if you and I are going to talk to our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, then our prayer should be made very clear. It don't need to be just general prayers. Now, there are times for general prayers, but tonight we want to focus on specific prayers. The power in praying specific prayers. That when you talk to the Lord, it's clear, it's precise, you're making the statement from your heart according to the Word of God. Now, that's very important, church. There's a lot of things that you and I say that God has showed us. Don't miss this. There's a lot of things that people say that God has directed them to do, but you will not find it written in the Scriptures. God will never lead us contrary to the Word of God. Do you believe that? So when you and I are praying a prayer, when we are praying specific prayers, should we not should we not line up with what the Bible says and the way the Bible says it? And should we not pray those prayers that are actually recorded in the Scriptures? For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen? Holy men spake, holy men wrote as they was moved by, it's God breathe, as they was moved by the Holy Spirit of God. So when you and I are reading our Bibles, you say, well, I'm reading the book of James. Well, I'm reading the Word of God. Amen? Because this book is God breathed. This book is God inspired. And I believe it from Genesis to Revelation. Amen? Amen? And there are some prayers that we have went over. And the Lord dealt with me today and said, go over them again. I, I prayed, and this thought come to me. If I go over these prayers again, people's going to be bored. The Lord dealt with me. Go over them again. I said, but Lord, if I just go through those points again, they've already heard it. And the Lord dealt with me. <laughs> they, some people heard it, but there's a lot that didn't hear it. They, some of us understood it. But I don't know that we really understood it. And the Lord so pounded this in my soul today. So here's a refresher course. Listen close. If you have a pen and a piece of paper, or you have a pencil, or you have a crayon, or you have a Sharpie, or you have a tube of lipstick, Write this down, amen? Write this down. If you don't have anything to write it down on, go back to Facebook when you get home and listen to it and write it down. 
or go on Sermon Audio and listen to it and write it down because I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. If we don't, listen now, if we don't write it down, you ain't going to remember it. You just ain't going to remember it. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you how a lot of us think. Unless I get up here and run across the front of this church and spit four rows deep, some of you ain't going to think I'm preaching tonight. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. Unless some of you get a warm, fuzzy feeling down in your soul, you ain't going to think the Holy Ghost is here. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. The Word of God is the Word of God. Amen? And the Word of God is truth. And the Word of God wants to speak to our hearts tonight. And the Word of God wants to teach us all something. And the Word of God, through the Spirit of God, wants to show us how we're supposed to pray. And that's what this message is about tonight. It's called Specific Prayers. Here's the refresher. Ephesians 3.14 says this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, writing on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church in Ephesus, and he is praying for them, and he is continuing to pray for them, and he has a prayer list. Did you hear what I just said? He has a prayer list for this church. A prayer list for this church. I know we don't do this a lot, but say prayer list. You ready? One, two, three. Prayer list. He has a prayer list for this church. Number one, he says this in verse number 16. He is going to pray for strength. He is going to pray for this church that they have strength. And the source of this strength is by His Holy Spirit. And the prayer for strength is in the inner man. He is praying specifically that each one in this church has strength. Not an outward strength, but an inward strength. He is praying for strength in the inner man. And he's praying that it would be with might, that is miraculous, a miraculous abundance of power that can only come through and by the Spirit of God in the life of a believer. That's his number one prayer request in Ephesians 3 for this church. Number one, prayer for strength in the inner man. Write that down. Number two, in verse number 17 in Ephesians 3, that Christ may dwell in our lives. In other words, that Christ may rule our lives. It's a specific prayer request. There's no fuzziness. There's no gray area in the words. There, there's nothing that you look at and say, I wonder what the prayer request really is. And the reason for that is it's clearly defined. The Word of God here is clearly defined. It's precise and it's clear. And the statements that are being made in Ephesians 3, these statements are being made specifically. They are clear, they're defined, they're precise, and he's making statements that he wants each and every one of us to understand as believers. Say this with me again, a prayer list. Say it. A prayer list. Listen now. He prayed for strength in verse 16. He prayed that Christ would rule in their lives in verse 17. 
And then the third prayer request is in verse number 19 of Ephesians 3. He prayed that they would know the love of Christ. That they would know the love of Christ. You know what would change your life? You know what would change my life? If we would pray one for another that you and I could just get a glimpse of how much Jesus really loves us. When people truly get a glimpse of how much Jesus loves them, when we truly get a glimpse of that verse that we say is simple, but it's oh so deep, for God so loved the world, if you and I could just get a glimpse of that, it would change our lives forever. Changes forever. He says, I pray. Third thing I'm going to pray for this church is they know the love of Christ. And then the fourth thing that he prays in verse number 19 is to be filled with all the fullness of God. I studied these, I studied these prayer requests again today in my study, and I found an interesting phrase as you study that word filled uh, there in the Hebrew and the Greek, and it said to be filled with all the fullness of God. And you know what it told me, Brother Joe, in parentheses? It said to level up, to level up what's hollow. To level up what's hollow. And you and I need to pray that our walk with the Lord, that we would be filled with the fullness of God. Those shallow areas in our life would be leveled up with the fullness of God. I preached Sunday on what a shame it would be to die and to live this life as just a shallow Christian. What a shame it would be to go through this life in a shallow church. Amen? And how important it is that you and I would be filled with the fullness of God. Then there's some more specific prayers. It's in Philippians chapter number 1. He says, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy. And then in verse number 9, he starts this, and this I pray. And this I pray. This is his prayer list. Say it with me. It's a what? It's a what? It's a prayer list. It's a prayer list. And this prayer list, and this I pray, starts out of Philippians 1, 9. And that, that word this means that thing, that thing. It's, it's this. What do I need to pray? What do I need to pray for Dwayne? It's this. Roy, what do I need to pray for you and your family? It's that thing right there. It's that. It's this right here, and it's that right there. It's exactly what we need to be doing. You and I need to be praying specifically one for another. And this I pray, this, that thing. Here's number one. You ready? That your love may abound. Love may abound. That means to be better, be the better. <laughs> you know, he prayed that the Ephesian church would know the, love of, know the love of Christ. But now he's praying here for this church, that not only they'd know the love of Christ, but he's praying they know how to show the love of Christ. I could stop right there and ask you some questions. How does Jesus love you? He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you with an agape love. He loves you with an unconditional love. He loves you with a no-strings-attached love. He gave everything for us. And if you and I could comprehend the love of Christ, 
Now the Apostle Paul is writing to this church, and he's saying that their love may abound. That means to be the better, that their love would not only they would see the love of Jesus, but don't miss this, they would show the love of Jesus and knowledge and judgment in the sermon to others. Then the second thing is in verse number 10. He said, understand what the real value in life is. Verse number 10, to be, to understand what's important in your life right now. What's important in life to you right now? What is it that is consuming my mind? What is it that is keeping me awake? What is it that is driving me through my days? What is it in life that has true value? Not just things that, that I'm trying to raise up or, 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 or fortresses, fortresses that I'm trying to build or castles and walls that I'm trying to put up. But what is it that really matters? I need to understand the real value in life. What really matters at the end of the day? I'll tell you one of the most disappointing things that will happen to you. You ready for this? It's real disappointing. And I had a friend of mine who was honest enough with me to tell me, you know, I'm not going to get up here and whine about the flu, but I'm going to tell you this, when I had that double COVID pneumonia, and my wife took me over there to get them antibodies, Miss Amanda, and then I got home, and then I wasn't getting any better, and then I couldn't breathe, and then my oxygen level began to drop, and then my wife took me back up to the emergency room, and that lady came in there and shut the door and said, I've got some news for you, Mr. Watkins. She said, from everything that I'm seeing right now, it looks like both of your lungs is full of blood clots. And it just don't look good. I looked at my wife, and my wife looked at me, and I'm going to tell you, the real meaning of life was very clear that day. It didn't take me long to figure out what really mattered. But then she said, you need to be admitted but I'm going to send you home. Because if I admit you, I truly believe you'll get worse. But I'm going to send you home, and if you get worse, you're going to have to come back and be admitted. She said, but I'm going to send you home. And I got home, and I walked the floors that whole night. My heart rate was jacked. My mind was going crazy. And I would sit there, and I could not rest. And I never will forget it. I never will forget it. I laid there one night, and I preached this, and some of you remember it. Man, I heard singing, and it was some of the sweetest singing I've ever heard in my life. It was like heavenly singing. It was, it was divine. It was godly. It was precious. And then I got to feeling better. And Miss Gina, I knew I was getting better. Because the whole time I laid there and I was that sick, all I could do was think about my family and my children and my grandbabies and the church 
and, and how much I just loved the Lord and how good God was in my life. And I could tell I started getting to feel better because one day I was laying there and I started thinking about my old car down in the basement that I was going to get to go back down there in a couple of days and work on it some more. And there's a good friend of mine that don't go to this church that I met in Korea, and I told him that story, and he said this to me, and it shook me to the core. He said, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have prayed so hard you'd have got better quicker. He said, if I'd have known that, I'd have prayed that God would have kept you where you is at long enough to change you. We need to pray one for another. It's a prayer request in the book of Philippians. We need to pray one for another that you and I would understand what the real value in life is. It's a sad day that we do not realize what's valuable in our lives until our lives could be over. That's a sad day. It's a sad day that we're going to get right down to the end of this thing, which is the beginning for a believer. And we're going to look back on this thing, and we're going to realize how much time we wasted on stuff that did not matter at all. We need to pray specifically. This is a prayer in the book of Philippians. We need to pray specifically that we would understand what the real value of life is. And then the third thing he prayed is people would be genuine. They'd be pure and sincere in verse number 10. And then here's that word again, the fourth thing that he prayed for this church in verse number 11, is that they would be filled with fruit for the Lord's praise. Now stay with me, I'm not going to be much longer. Then we get to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, and he begins to talk about for this cause again. Say this with me, he made a prayer list, say it. He made a prayer list. Verse number 9, he says, to know God's will for our everyday life. How important is it that you and I know God's will for our everyday life? I said this when I was preaching Sunday. Lord, what is your will for our couples? Lord, what is your will for our seniors? Lord, what is your will for our widows? Lord, what is your will for our church? Lord, what is your will in, in this area and that area? Lord, what is your will with this job? What is your will with this, this young ladies, with this guy that I'm dating? Some of you, some of you ladies, what is your will? Uh, some, of you, some of you young men, what is your will for this young lady? And, and we pray over those things. God, show me your will. Show me your will. Show me your will. But right here in Colossians 1, Verse number 9, you and I need to pray specifically that we know God's will for our everyday lives. Not just when a situation arises, but God, what is your will for me today? Lord, what is your will for me tomorrow? What is your will for me this weekend? I, I mean... I know we're going to pray, Lord, what is your will when I preach? Or, or what is your will when I, when I go to do this? Or, but what about our everyday lives? To know God's will for every day. Me and my granddaughter, we went on a pap and granddaughter date. And she's 
seven. And we went to Chick-fil-A. And she said, Pap, it was funny when we got home, her mama said, what would you and Pap talk about all day? And she said, we talked about his past. That's what she said. She said, Pap, what's been your goals in your life? I'm going. How old are you? Seven. I said, honey, I, I've never really had a whole lot of goals in life. She said, I have. I said, really? She said, yeah, I've had some goals, and some of them has happened. I said, tell me your goals, honey. She said, my first goal was I knew I needed, I knew, I knew I needed Jesus to save me. She said, and he did. And she said, my next goal was I know I wanted to be baptized. And she said, I am. And she said, my next goal, Pat, is I wanted to get to where I wouldn't cry anymore when I walked into school. And I don't. I said, you got any more goals? She said, oh, yeah. I want to start reading chapter books. I said, okay. I said, you ever thought about reading a book in the Bible? She said, we'll be a good one. I said, you ought to read the book of Ruth. She said, okay. I want to start reading chapter books. She said, Daddy told me one day, I told Daddy one day, Daddy, one day, I, you know I'm going to get married. And she said, Daddy told me, you ain't never getting married. <laughs> Amen, Adam. And said, you're going to stay home with Mama and Daddy. And she said, now, Pap, you know I can't do that forever. To know, to know God's will for everyday life. You with me? The second thing in Colossians, he, he talked about walking worthy. That's walking after a godly sort. That's a life that is pleasing to the Lord. It's a faithful life. You wonder what a difference it would make if we started praying every day. You see this group of young people that's, that's, that's moved to the front of the church, have you noticed them sitting up here? If you've noticed them, say amen. amen. If you thank God for them, say amen. amen. Wonder what would happen if every day, specifically in our prayers, we prayed, all of these young people, give them a desire to have a worthy walk with Christ, a walk that is pleasing to Him. A walk that is godly, a walk that is separate from the world, a walk that God would be pleased with. Pray it specifically for each and every one of them. Say prayer list with me. Say it. Prayer list. And then the third thing that he shares in verse number 11 is that they would be strengthened. There it is again. Okay. So all of this has been on my heart, and all of this has been stirring around in my mind. And I've been trying to study these prayers and each one of these books that the Apostle Paul has written to these churches and these people. I still need to look through the book of Galatians. I've not done that yet. And today, 
I got to experience something that I didn't realize I needed. You ever found yourself in a place and you got there and, you, and, you, and, you, and it helped you, but you didn't know you, you, didn't know you needed that till you got there? Let me tell you what happened to me today. I got invited to go to a Christian school today where two of our young people attend. And you know, I'm always backward when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I was talking to my wife about it, and I said, you know, I said, I told those two young people I was going to go, but I just don't think I am. And she said, you need to go. And I was so nervous, so uncomfortable. I walk in, it's Pastor Appreciation Day out here at the school, and, and, I, and I get there, and I'm sitting in my car, and I'm looking at the time, and I'm thinking, I'm going to wait to the very last minute before I go in. Isn't that awful? So I go in right at, the, right at the minute when it's getting ready to start, and here's all of these friendly faces. And I went to this Pastor Appreciation Day. And when I got there, I had some breakfast. Man, was it a blessing. I looked around. I didn't recognize anyone. There was 50 pastors there. I didn't know there was that many pastors in this area that I didn't know. There was pastors there I've never seen before in my life. And I told Tina, I said, you know what's hard? I was the oldest guy there. <laughs> and I'm looking around and trying to measure, you know. And I get there at this breakfast, and then I go in for this program. And the speaker gets up. Didn't know this man. Don't know anything about him. But I know God sent me there to hear what he had to say. He was the president of Montreat College. He got up behind the pulpit, and he couldn't even speak. He couldn't even get a word out. They had the first four rows in this big auditorium, and it was all pastors. And he looked at us, tears falling out of his eyes, and he tried to talk, and he couldn't. He couldn't even get himself collected. And then he done what's, to me, one of the most embarrassing things you'll ever do when you're up to preach. He was crying so hard his nose got to run, and he, was, and he didn't have no Kleenexes. And I thought, I need to take the man a Kleenex. I mean, he was a wreck up there. A professional president of the college is up there getting ready to talk to all of us pastors, and he can't even get it together, man. And he said this, with tears dripping out of his eyes. He said, I want to encourage each one of you pastors to take care of yourselves. And this was his message in a nutshell. He said, take care of yourself physically. Do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself physically. Because he said, when you get down physically, he said, it's going to affect you. You're not going to be able to minister and pastor the way that you're supposed to if your health is bad. And he said, but more importantly, take care of yourself spiritually. He said, spend time, you ready for this? Spend time in prayer every day. Talk to the Lord about everything. And then he said this. He said, do less of what it is in your life that is draining you 
and do more what it is in your life that is encouraging you. He said, because those things that are draining you are not only messing you up spiritually, they're also messing you up physically. And he said, I want to encourage you that when you walk into your church, that you, re- you will realize it is the sanctuary of a holy God. And that when you stand behind that pulpit, it is a privilege to preach the Word of God. And he said, some of you men sitting here has been doing what you've been doing for a long time, and I thought, he has to be talking to me, because everybody else in here could be my kids. And he said, I know sometimes you get weary and you get tired. He said, so I am going to specifically pray that God will renew your spirit. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, Lord, okay. Then a first grader gets up, a first grader gets up and says, thank all you preachers for being here, and I want to pray for all of y'all. And this first grader prays, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, God's all over that boy. Well, first grader. Then there's a second grader got up, said a few words, and it was a little girl, and then she prayed for all of us pastors. Then there's an eighth grader got up, and when she got up there, she had a little speech that she read, and then she prayed. And I'm sitting there, and I've got Holy Ghost bumps all over me, and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I'm hearing you loud and clear here. I know exactly what you're trying to show me. I know exactly what you're trying to do into my heart. I'm getting it, Lord. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. (laughs) Then his 11th grader got up and said something that just almost I was like, well, I've never seen that before. And this 11th grader got up and said, here's what I'm going to do. My prayer is going to be on the overhead screen right here, that big old screen there. said, my prayer is going to be up on this screen, and I want all of you pastors to follow along while I pray my prayer. You can follow along on the screen. And then there was 600 students there and said, there's going to be a screen that comes up that says everyone. And when that screen comes up and says everyone, I want my peers, I want all 600 of you to repeat the prayer that's on that screen. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, God ain't in no prayer on no screen. God's already saying, I'm wanting to do something for you, Keith. I'm wanting to do something for you. This thing of prayer is serious. This specific prayer means something. So here goes this 11th grader. They start reading that prayer, and I'm I'm sitting there in that pew, and I'm reading along that prayer on that screen. And Brother Don, I thought I was going to lose it. I honestly thought I was going to have to get up out of my chair, and that will run me out of that place. God just settled down. I don't know about none of those other men, but God just settled down on me right there during that prayer time as I was reading that prayer. And then when it said, everyone, the next thing I know, 600 students said it in unison, Lord, please do it. 
She would read it, they would read it, and then 600 students would say it together, Lord, please do it. And I was like, then they would read that prayer, and then it'd say everyone, and it would say, they would all say, Lord, please do it. And then they'd read that prayer, and then they'd, everyone, and they'd say, Lord, please do it. And I'm sitting there, man, and the Holy Ghost is wearing me out. Say prayer list with me. One, two, three, prayer list. And I'm like, wow, wow, wow. Lord, please do it. And then I get home. My wife and my daughter are still gone. And I get home and I go back to my study. And I'm looking through these verses again and I'm writing these things down. And I thought, I have got to write that down because if I don't write that down this time next week or this time next year, I'm going to forget all about that. I'm going to forget all about what God showed me at that pastor's appreciation day. And as I'm sitting there, this thought comes to me. This is a thought that comes to me. Go to your prayer closet. Go to your prayer closet. So I go to my prayer closet, Mr. Holt, and when I walk in, it's been hanging there for so long I forgot. This piece of paper hanging in my prayer closet. This piece of paper's been hanging there now for about, I don't know how many years. More than two or three. And the thought come to me, read it. Read your prayer list. And I'm like, man, I hadn't read that prayer list in a while. Not only read your prayer list, pull it off the wall. Take it to your study and lay it down on your desk and read it slow. It is no secret. There's nothing to hide. When my youngest daughter was in high school, she got out of the will of God. She got all caught up and things of the world and got all caught up in playing volleyball and being an athlete. She got out of the will of God. She tore her ACL. She was hurt. There's a lot of things going on. And when that was going on in her life, her freshman and sophomore year, when that was going on in her life, the Lord convicted me. And this is what the Lord convicted me. You better get in that prayer closet and quit, son, it come back, Brother Don, like a mighty rushing wind today. Get in that prayer closet and quit praying general prayers. Get in that prayer closet and get serious for your family. Get in that prayer closet, swallow your pride, realize that just because you're a preacher, don't make your family exempt from going through some hard things. Swallow your pride, get in that prayer closet, and start praying specifically. So I got me a piece of paper. And that many years ago, I wrote these 10 things down. 
specific. You ready for this? Number one, didn't even realize that I was praying the Bible. But God knows what needed to be prayed. Number one, she would be in God's will. Lord, I went in there, Emily. And every time I'd go in that prayer closet, I'd look up on that wall and I'd say, Lord, I've talked and I've talked and I've talked and I've talked and I've talked. And the only one that's going to be able to change her, God's you. And I'd go in there, Roy, and I'd say, God, please, please, let my child be in your will. Please, God. I'm praying specifically, God, that you would put her in your will. Number two, I read it today. She'd be around the right people. And I'd go in there and I'd pray every day, God, put her around the people that she needs to be around. And everyone that she don't need to be around, get her away from all of them. Are you with me? Say prayer list. Put her around the right people. Let her be in your will and put her around the right people. The reason I'm sharing this list with you today is because I shared it with her today. And then number three, I put this down. I said, God, please give her the right man to marry. God, give her the right man, not just any man, not just some man. But God, give her the right man. Give her the man that's going to lead her and guide her. God, give her someone godly that's going to help her. Specific prayer, a prayer request. Are you with me? A prayer list. God, give her the right man. God, do for only what you can. And then the fourth thing I put down, give her a desire for God's Word. Give her a desire for your Word. Make her hungry for the Word of God. It's a specific prayer. It's a prayer list. And I'd go in there. And Hardy, I'd go in there in the mornings, and I'd go in there in the night. And I'd look over that list. And sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and I'd look over that list, and I'd pray this 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 list. God, please do for her only what you can. Next, a desire to pray. Next, to be a witness. Next, to make a difference. Next, when I read this today, I about lost it. Next, to know the love of God. Yes. Next, I prayed this. Lord, when she prays, answer her prayers. Have you ever prayed that when, Ben, have you ever prayed for me that when I pray that God would answer my prayers? I didn't even realize that was on this list. And then the tenth thing I put down here, I said, Lord, give her a heart for missions. And then over here in physical side, I put, help her knee to heal, and God keep her in good health. And I pulled that prayer list down. And I walked around in that house today, and the presence of the Lord filled that place. And all I could do was raise my hands 
and thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his goodness and his mercy and his grace. And then the Lord led me to this. The Lord led me to James. And it said this. It says, you have not because you ask not. But then when you ask, you receive not because you ask amiss. I said, Lord, give me the understanding of asking amiss. What does that mean? And this is what the Holy Spirit dealt with me about. I'm not smart enough to think of this, and this is real simple, but I'm not smart enough to think of it. The Holy Spirit dealt with me, said, when you write down that specific prayer list, when you write it down on a piece of paper, you read over that prayer list, and you see if there's anything on that list that will bring you honor and glory. And if there's something on that list that's going to bring you honor and glory, mark it off the list. Because it's not about bringing you honor and glory. And he said everything on that list should bring him honor and glory. And when your prayer list specifically, not if they are answered, but when they are answered, if your prayer list will always give Jesus glory, you're in business. Because there's nothing on this list that I could have done. There's nothing on this list that I could have accomplished. At all. If any of it was accomplished, if any of it, if any of it was accomplished, it was because God did it. Because he's the only one that could have. Them kids taught me something today. A piece of paper hanging in that closet reminded me of something today. And the Lord so dealt with me, he said, you go over there to that church and you let my children know. See, y'all don't belong to me. I'm just a mailman sent over here to deliver you a letter. I'm not the shepherd of this church. I'm the under-shepherd. He's the great shepherd. All I've been sent here to do tonight is just to give you something out of the Word of God. But I truly believe that if you, you and me, we'll make that prayer list. If you'll write those things down, you say, I got them. I got them. No, you don't. You don't have them. You've got your general prayer list, but you don't have your specific prayer list. You've got your general things that you and I pray about every day, but you ain't got them specific things that God wants you to pray about. Make you a prayer list. Write it down. Look over it and see if any of it will bring you glory and honor. And look over and see if all of it will give him glory and honor. And hang that prayer list up in your prayer place. And specifically, call on his name and watch what God can do. Watch what God can do. If you win me, say amen. amen. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. I tore that list off the wall today. Took it over in my study. 
And the Lord dealt with me. He said, you took that list down. Now you replace it with another one. You took that list down. Now you replace it with another one. Yeah. And you keep adding to it. And you keep adding to it. And you keep adding to it. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Lord, do it. Amen. Lord, just do it. Lord, just do it, Lord. Lord, just do it. Lord, just do it. 